1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. We're excited to teach you more skills about persuasion, motivation, and influence. This is podcast 321. And great news today, we've got a guest today, Will Leach. Will, welcome.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Kurt. I appreciate
1: it. Great. Let me introduce Will here. Will is the founder of Trigger Point, a leading behavioral research and design consultancy specializing in mind state marketing, and also the author of the best-selling book, Marketing to Mind States, a practical field guide to applying behavioral design to research and marketing. Will is an expert in using behavioral psychology to optimize marketing and is a frequent contributor to Forbes, writing about behavioral economics and behavioral marketing. Great to have you here. And of course, we have to start off with the question we give everyone. Hold on to this one. What is the worst (laughs) vegetable on the planet and why?
0: Oh, okay. So I've been giving this some thought. And after many, many hours of deliberation, (laughs) I came up with Black Eyed Peas.
1: Really? Why? Black Eyed Peas? That's a new one for the show, I believe.
0: I'm I'm from the South. So uh, Black Eyed Peas are a staple down here. And the good part about Black Eyed Peas is that as the legend goes, that if you eat black-eyed peas, especially on New Year's Day, you get good luck. So I've been pressured every year to eat black-eyed peas. Unfortunately, the mushiness of black-eyed peas um, is one that just does not settle with me. So every year on New Year's Day, I take three black-eyed peas. My wife makes them as best she can, and I have my three just to give some hint of luck. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I did the same thing, and those will be the only black-eyed peas I have this year. So, January 1st, 2021.
1: Does it bring you good luck? Are you buying into that? I think I married a good wife, so it has to help me somewhere. All right. It's so, all well, taken. It. If you can't <laughs> learn how to persuade, at least get good luck and get yourself some uh, black-eyed peas and you'll be good to go. <laughs> I like that. All right, let's dive into Let's get some good content for our listeners today. There's a new term you introduced in your book that you talked about the importance when you're trying to influence others. Of course, the show's all about influence and you talk a lot about marketing. Can you explain that term and why it's so important to understand?
0: Sure. So, you know, I've been studying behavioral marketing, behavioral psychology uh, for about 20 years now in lots of different companies. And what I found is that what oftentimes we do is we, we think about Persuasion through a personality lens, maybe. So, hey, this person has this type of personality, therefore, you know, you can persuade in this way. Or maybe they're an attitudinal segment. What my research has found is that, yes, these things are really important to understand, but also moments in time, these temporary moments in time of when your personality or maybe your attitudes are persuaded, or maybe they're just a little bit different than what you would uh, normally kind of think about. So the idea of a mind state, a mind state is activated in these temporary moments of high emotional arousal or what we call a hot state. And when you're in this mind state, you know, you're much more susceptible to influence because you're relying on these system one, these non conscious emotional processes in decision-making and behaviors. So the idea is it's not a personality profile, it's not a segmentation, but a mind state is overlaid on top of what we know about people that in these moments under this context, in this environment, this is the best way to persuade. So it's really focused on a moment in time and these temporary moments.
1: Uh, I like that. So the the right moment to get them in that state where they're easier to persuade, is that what you're talking about? That's exactly right. And those moments
0: are dictated by two different things, right? What's happening in the environment? So, your environment right around you in context and also your psychology in that moment. So what I tell some of my clients are things like, you know, you have an segmentation and you think that this person is, name the segment, right? Health conscious consumer. However, we're not always health conscious consumers because if you put me in front of a donut shop on a Monday morning, I may not be so health conscious. And that psychology and context combined would understand help me understand the mind state of that health conscious consumer in that moment
1: before we talk about how to get people into that state, let's back up a little bit. What is the biggest mistake you see in marketing or with salespeople that gets them out of that state that actually destroys their ability to persuade?
0: Yeah, I think that there's still, even to this day, and I know you've been talking about this for many, many years, about this idea that still marketers out there are thinking that the best way to persuade is tell them all about yourself and all the great benefits that you can provide your customers And in today's world, that just isn't very persuadable. It feels salesy. It feels pushed. And so I still think even to this day, after a decade or maybe even 20 years of research, it tells you that to persuade, it's about understanding the person and talking to the person versus talking about your benefits or your product to the person. I still think that that's the hardest thing to overcome because we're so focused on ourselves as business owners versus our customers and what's kind of driving
1: them. Yeah, it's well said. Everyone tends to vomit on people. <laughs> to show up and throw up, they call it. And and everyone logically knows it's wrong, but that's kind of like their default setting. They just vomit and they date a dump because they're so excited about their 27 features and it's so overwhelming to people and it takes them out of that mind state, as you call it. So, what are some mm-hmm. things that we can do to get them in that right state to prime them to be ready to be persuaded? Yep, it
0: comes down to four things. And these four factors are very well documented in the social sciences, right? The first one is understanding what are someone's goals. That's just basic goal theory. And so if you understand somebody's goals, and these are these functional goals, like, you know, I want to buy more, I want to save money, I want to spend less time working on this website, whatever. If you understand these functional goals and these higher order goals, which is the emotional goal that somebody has, you can understand how to direct their behavior, where. Think of it as a target. So if you don't understand somebody's goals, you really don't understand how to persuade. Once you say understand somebody's goals, the next part of that model is understanding what motivates them to reach their goals. And that's just pure motivational psychology and there's a couple of different models out there. Things like, you know, one motivation could be empowerment, the desire to gain greater control over my environment, or think about Maslow, right, with security. That's another motivation. But the idea is that you want to understand somebody's motivations because think of that as the engine that's going to drive your customer to go and take on that action to help them reach their goals. So if you don't tell them and help prime them uh, to increase that motivation, then, yeah, you're telling them here's what they should do. You're reminding them of their goals, but you're not giving any emotional desire or push to go reach that goal. After that, you understand what's called regulatory fit. But all you have to think about that is that is it's the way we approach our goals. And we either approach our goals in a way that's that's about maximizing gain. So swing for the fences. I want to reach this goal, and I'm going to do everything I can do to maximize my chances of reaching that goal. Or prevention, which is I'm going to minimize anything that could cost me from reaching my goal. Now, that sounds small, that difference between promotion, swinging for the fences, or kind of avoiding risks and what's called prevention but it matters dramatically in the way your copy and the visuals you use, how receptive people are to that. And then lastly, we just throw in what's behavioral economics, but this idea of a trigger. Your listeners are going to be pretty well-versed in this idea, but that we we look for shortcuts in making decisions. And sometimes those shortcuts are just simple things like scarcity effect maybe, where it's like limit five per customer or limited time only. And sometimes that small little trigger does the thinking for us. And we're like, you know what, if it's limited, other people are taking advantage of this opportunity, so I'm gonna go do it as well. So for me to understand the mind state, I just gotta figure out those four things. They're actually relatively easy to find out. You can use your intuition, you can do marketing research, but if you understand those four factors, you can really understand how to activate that mind state. And once I have that mind state activated, I can make my brand resonate much better with somebody in that moment.
1: So I like that. Let's talk about that first part, the goals and find out exactly what they want, what they need, their, their pain. You think the prospect, the people that we're marketing to really know sometimes we want to find them. It seems like a lot of times they just don't know that they don't know what they want and what they really want are two different things. How do you distinguish that? I do. I think that
0: people are pretty good at understanding those functional goals that I tell you when you ask somebody, Hey, what do you want? It's easy for people to wrap their heads around. Well, I want to save time. I want to save money. Those types of things, I think people actually do understand And understanding your functional goal doesn't necessarily mean that that's the real reason that you take an action. But I think most people can come up with an idea of why it's important for me to reach this functional goal. Then from there, actually, I think there's this idea of laddering or there's more sophisticated methodologies out there. But if you can get somebody to ladder, why is it important to save money? And keep having them explore the why. And there's lots of different methodologies to do this. So it's not always just as easy as ask somebody why. Because like you said, you don't really truly always understand why you want something. But you can do that if you have the right list of questions. You can lead them down a thought pattern where they can give you a much better understanding of the why behind that. Which could be, I'm trying to save time so I can spend more time at home with my children. Because I don't feel as if I'm really giving them everything and the amount of time that I really want to. So that's a way of trying to get at that higher order. Why or that higher goal?
1: No, I like that. I hope listeners, you caught that create a list of questions ahead of time before you try to persuade and start vomiting on people. And that'll stop you from vomiting. Cause you're going to dig deep. You're going to peel that onion back. You're going to find out exactly what they need. So we've, we found out what they need and you call, I think, you know, how do you prime that need? How do you make that more painful? How can you really kind of, I guess, crank up that desire for the product or service.
0: That's right. So that comes out through motivational psychology in the literature. So we have a nine-factor model, meaning we, we believe that there are nine core psychological motivations that drive the vast majority of human behaviors. So I talked a little bit about them just already, like empowerment, the desire for control or security. There's esteem, which is the desire for respect from others. So the idea is if I understood that as it relates to reaching a goal that what's the the kind of the underlying engine the real purpose is let's just call it empowerment the empowerment is all about the desire for control over an environment well then how do i kind of like you said prime empowerment how do i remind somebody that it's really important for them to reach the goals to have greater control over the environment or eliminate factors that will take me out of control, right? That's that part you're talking about, whether it's to gain more control or eliminate things that will take away my control. The easiest way to prime somebody is something called semantic priming. You don't have to worry about a whole lot, but sometimes what's best, the best way to prime somebody to feel like they desire control is to remind somebody of how important that control is and that's through copy oftentimes you can do it through visuals as well but oftentimes we remind somebody that there is a desire that we all have seeking control and you could literally use those words that can sometimes be enough just that enough to remind that person yes i also see control therefore they're going to resonate more cuz you feel your copy feels more intuitive and natural. So something called semantic priming, there's other ways of priming, but the most uh, kind of important ones I think for the listeners would be something called semantic priming, which is literally reminding people about the desire that many people have over a motivation, in this case control, and then integrating that into your copy and maybe even into your visuals and providing control through your website, for instance, like being able to control variables and things like that. These small little nuances, like giving somebody more variety, I'm sorry, more control over a website or more control over your product can actually prime that desire internally.
1: Love it. So what are some of your favorite triggers that you've noticed with your research that just keep people engaged, reading the copy that triggers them, that primes them to want the product more? What are some of your favorite ones?
0: yeah gosh one of my one of my all-time favorite <laughs> primes was it was around security so I was working with a financial services company. this was right after the target data breach. remember when Target uh, had that massive data breach and um, a lot of people became very sensitive to this idea that there's a lot of information that are on our credit cards that are in in these systems that could actually tell people and tell companies like the things I buy and people got really sensitive. So I had a client who wanted to tell their customers, how secure their their systems were because they wanted to alleviate the fear that, you know what, nobody's going to hack our system. The problem was every time that they would use the word security, they would say, we're so secure. We have all these security protocols. It actually created this feeling of apprehension and anxiety with their customers because it reminded them, oh, my gosh, this company has every transaction I've ever placed on this credit card. And so, it actually every time they use the word security to make to remind, you know, their customers how secure they were, it actually created anxiety. So here is the brief: they said, "Will we want to understand how to prime security without using the word security?" Which was not the easiest thing to do. So, we actually did some research um, to understand that you there are certain symbols out there that are associated highly with security. Things like think, imagine this: think of a fence, think of a lock. Think of a lockbox, think of a wall, think of a moat. So we did a bunch of research to understand things that are highly associated with feeling secure without ever having to use this word secure and security. So what we did was we did a little bit of research to understand which one made the most sense for my client. Because, of course, maybe a moat isn't going to make a whole lot of sense in this day and age, right? So Mm -hmm. what we did do is did some research to prime that security. And the way we did it, it was really simple. A simple thing was Norton antivirus. Remember Norton Antivirus back in the day, and it's still around, of course. Oh, yeah. There are strong associations with security, with Norton Antivirus, even though our client didn't have anything really to do with Norton Antivirus, except for there was a um, there was a symbol that was on their website that actually said, you know, we're, we have antivirus protection, but there's such strong associations with security. We actually took that logo and started placing that logo all over their collateral and creative and the website to try to remind people, not that they were secure about antivirus, but to create this level of security association. And it worked brilliantly, it took a little bit of time, it took about a year before we started seeing equity ratings around security rising, but that was a small little prime that we did. It was just in the background, it wasn't highlighted. We never focused on, we have an anti- antivirus protection, but just having that near the brand logo of my client on everything they started sending out, we started seeing an increase on security associations. So it's just one of the funner things to do where we're able to create a feeling of security without ever using the word security or showing images of lock boxes and things like that.
1: And that's a great lesson for everyone is that that verbal packaging and word choice, especially in copywriting, every word can attract or repel and people think the word security is great, but something that happens in the media or in their life could have the opposite effect. And that's very important for everyone to understand. So Mm -hmm. what about when you're in your copy or in your... Trying to persuade? Do you lead more with the pleasure factor or the pain factor? Do you do both in your copy? Explain that for us.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great question, and I'm going to tell you what the the science tells you and what I do. So first off, is um, what you said is that third part of the model? We either want to avoid pain or approach pleasure, right? And so that's that promotion versus prevention we were talking about. Here's what the science would tell you. The science is regulatory fit theory out of, you know, Tori Higgins' work over in Columbia. And the idea is that generally in America, that there's a 60-40 split of promotion versus prevention, meaning that 60% of all categories, people want to maximize gains and 40% of all categories, people want to avoid kind of pain. So the research would tell you that there's kind of 60, 40, but you know, there are some industries that are just very pain focused. Insurance is a classic one, right? We buy insurance to avoid or to minimize loss. That, that's why insurance is there. So it depends on the category, it depends on where, what industry you're in, whether or not you're going to help people maximize the potential or, or, or maximize gains or to prevent loss. So first off, it depends on, on the category that you're in. I find in America, um, in the categories I work with, that people tend to be more promotion, even than the 60-40 split. I, I tend to see 70% of our categories are much more around maximization of gains. And that could be literally because we've had a great economy in the last decade. And also, there's something about the entrepreneurial spirit and freedom in America that focuses people on if you just work hard, you could be successful. So I see it a little more promotion versus prevention. Now, when you ask which one do you use more often, I tend to be very specific in my copy. And I try to be just one or the other. I don't try to do both, right? Because I come from the PepsiCo kind of branding model, which is stand for something and only one thing. And so that's the world I grew up in. And I tend to only use one or the other. Now, Tori Higgins, the guy who came up with this theory, and he's been working on it for 30 years, if you read his work, he tells you actually you can do both. You can start off leaning where your brand is about all about Maximizing success and helping them reach their goals, right? But you can also put in some cues to remind people that you know there's a money back guarantee, just to kind of alleviate any fears. So the science would tell you you can do both. I tend to see that when I focus on one one approach, whether it's promotion or prevention, I do a little bit better.
1: Mm, interesting. That's a great takeaway. So a lot of people use a combination. You like to stick with one to make mm-hmm. sure it's resonating with them, so that sure that's coming across in your headline and all the way through your copy. That's great information as far as really motivating prospects to do something, to get off their rear end and to say yes. So tell me, what is the one thing that we've missed? What is that one thing you want our listeners to know to take away? Yeah, I guess
0: this is it. You know, we've talked a lot about science and I think some of your listeners probably understand the behavioral sciences. And then there's others that are just kind of starting their journey. And the whole thing is this behavioral science, behavioral design, persuasion. It can sound Kind of very esoteric and very scientific and for some people it's 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 confusing it doesn't have to be i think there's great work that has been out there in academia for 30 years and there are more and more companies that are starting to take all this academic work and literature and just making it easier and that's what i try to do in my book which was they making it very very practical And you're seeing more and more of this out there so the thing i would tell you is even though we talk about mind states and we talk about behavioral psychology and persuasion Don't be intimidated by those words, because if you read this work, you're going to find out it's just things that you've been doing over the course of your entire world. I'm sorry, your entire life. And so you you are a natural persuader. Everybody listening is a natural persuader. What's great about work now is that people are giving you more frameworks to take what you naturally do and apply it into marketing, apply it into their business, apply it to their negotiations. So don't be intimidated because there's a lot of great resources out there that can teach you. The science in a way that's not intimidating, that's very, very practical.
1: Like it. All right, that is awesome. Thanks, Will. Hey, where can our listeners find out more about what you're doing?
0: Yep. Um, you can always look at me or find me on LinkedIn, Will Leach. And also, if you go to marketingtomindstates.com, you can learn a lot more about the book. You can download a free chapter. We have lots of free materials for people because I wanted to make this science applicable and approachable and useful. And so, if you go to marketingtomindstates.com, you can read more about the book. More about what I'm working on and uh, look forward to seeing you guys out there doing great behavioral design.
1: Thanks, Will. That was some great info. Hopefully, everyone took some notes. You should always be learning more about copywriting, persuasive writing, because you can use it in your email, in your presentations, on your web pages, even in your conversations. The way you talk, become more persuasive, whether it's in writing or face to face or on a website. So take one thing you learn today, learn and apply it. Learn to become a great influencer. Again, this is a great skill to master. Let us know what you think. You can reach me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And everything you're going to need is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can find your persuasion IQ assessment, see where you rank. Get the newest edition of Maximum Influence for free. Pick up a little shipping and handling. And, of course, there's InfluenceUniversity.com home of the advanced PhD Persuasion Training Program. There are different levels. There's even a free level. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. You can find it at Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes. Also at YouTube at Maximize Your Influence. Thanks for your feedback. Thanks for listening. Master these skills and go out and persuade with power.